I'm going to be extremely nervous at Tribal Council tonight. Um, at the moment, I really don't know uh, if there's anything I can do. I think I'm a sitting duck. It makes you look like sitting duck. I feel like a sitting duck. Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are getting deep and deep and deep into Australian Survivor Season 2, Celebrity Survivor. Can you believe we're into Episode 9? We are into the final quarter, the final third of this season, Ben. Do your maths correctly. And after the confusion that was last week, we have some more interesting stuff to go over this week, and we also maybe question family members and friends and how that happens along the line on, on this episode. Uh, this, of course, covers days 18 to 19. This episode first aired on the 12th of October 2006, and I'm very, very excited to talk about this. My name is Ben, a.k.a. Frumpy, and oh my goodness, it's a banana! Hey, Ben. Hey, listeners. My name's Matt Dyson, as you know, and yeah, you're right, Ben. It's, it's a... It's a, it's a- Good episode. We've got the loved one. I mean, any episode with loved ones in is always a good one. Um, you know, it's funny. I suppose modern day Australian Survivor now, they do the loved ones right at the end, basically what the last episode or or so. But uh, I like this, that it's not, you know, it's a couple of episodes before the end that we get the loved ones. I think it's, um, I prefer it like that anyway. It's better like that. But uh, yeah, frumpy. We'll get to that. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up now because we'll get to that later. But I thought it was scrumpy or scrappy or squammy or it's but scrumpy. Frumpy. What did I say, frumpy? It is. It frumpy. is scrumpy. I'm fucking things up already, Matt. Never <laughs> listen to me. I'm always wrong. Come on, you should know that. <laughs> I'm not wearing a uh, cool what? swimming cap like she is in this episode. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you about that that swimming cap. Don't worry about that. But uh, what do you what do you reckon about this episode? Yeah, it's 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 a fairly decent episode. I think kind of this is the calm before the storm. I think that we had obviously a, a confusing episode last week, which I called the best episode of the season just because it's memorable. Um, and then next week we're going to get you know outside of Dead Man Walking, probably the worst twist in Australian Survivor history. So yeah, it's kind of just that middle road. Let's have a calm episode and. It's it's interesting because I think um, yeah I'm with you. Family visits are, are much better at this part of the game. I'm not a fan of let's bring them in for the final immunity challenge. I think it's just soppy and crap. Uh, so I enjoy this. This is the first time we ever get it in Australian Survivor. I know we had the video messages and the phone calls last season, but this is the first time we actually have them out there uh, on location. So that's great. Um, and it's kind of I'll say this about this episode that it kind of shows almost the we talk a lot about the skills of some of these players and how they get very underrated in the terms of Australian Survivor. I, I will go out on a limb here and say we, we show that maybe the skills aren't 100% all the time because there's a huge mistake made in this episode by a couple of people which really kind of didn't need to be made. 
Uh, and then I would say that the ineptness of another player really didn't allow them to pounce on that. Like, you wouldn't get away with what happens in this episode in Modern Survivor. You'd be promptly gone out the door. Uh, so there's maybe a bit of amateurishness going on here in this episode, which, again, I'm not going to say um, is a, a terrible thing. These are celebrities who are playing a game and they're learning along the line and they've adapted more so than anybody could ever say, but we'll get to that. But, yeah, this is a this is a solid episode. It's not going to be the best. Uh, it's not going to be the worst. Let's Let's put it that way. I'm I'm looking forward to what you're going to bring up about the, this amateur player. I, there are a few things I don't know whether we're on the same page here, but where I guess you know contestants are letting other contestants know. Well, if you do this, you know I'm going to be I, I could get out and things in the challenges where they're basically uh, getting themselves out. So yeah, you're right. It does have a bit of that amateur feel, but at the same time, I mean, this season is known for not having really any rules, is it? It's sort of as da- as David Mason said in in his journal notes, that this is a season where you just make it up as you go, basically. So this episode doesn't really surprise me. But um, even this surprise, I'll tell you what does surprise me is even here in the in the opening credits where we've got, you know, previously on Survivor or last week on Survivor, we actually see a scene that we didn't see in the previous episode, which is, of course, um, Gabby's final words when she gives the vote for Justin. Now, obviously, we spoke about that in the last episode where, you know, we said, oh, did she vote for Justin? We couldn't really see. Well, now we actually see what she says, which um, she actually says, Justin, you're my friend. You're a great guy, but I have to um, vote you out. Sorry. So I thought that was surprising. Do we, I don't think, do we ever really, I can't ever recall a time where, where you know, we're seeing a previously on Survivor. We're actually seeing a scene that we didn't actually see in the episode. Um, I think there have been, uh, maybe more so in U.S., uh, I know they've kind of done that in US Survivor where you see final words from a person that maybe weren't shown, uh, sorry, voting words that were shown. Not sure in Australian Survivor, that's a good point. So it might have been the case sometimes they middle, you know, muck up the, the scenes and kind of flip them around. But yeah, I, I the, the thing that confuses me about it though is because, you know, it's we, we clearly, as clear as day, see Gabby voting for Justin. But then as we open up this episode, you've got Gab complaining that she wasn't, talked about uh and that you know she is essentially going you know uh, oh like if you had to talk to me would have done this so this is again a markdown on last week's editing because something's gone down for gabby to switch her mind like it's not like you know she's all of a sudden just gone oh justin's going i'm gonna vote for her. like maybe she did i don't know but like i swear there's got to be some sort of conversation we're missing here for gabby to all of a sudden complain that she wasn't talked to and then also we're going to get later in this episode gabby flat out denying that she knew anything that was happening with justin which i'm i'm calling bullshit on gabby you fucking knew <laughs> uh like i am 100 percent calling bullshit on you claiming you had no idea what was going on. you were the one person who knew what was going on so this is an odd episode for gabby like i've enjoyed Gabby this season uh, and, you know, sort of talked her up a lot more than I thought I would. But I'm going to be very negative on Gabby this episode because she's very higgledy-piggledy. She's very all over the shop and she's a little bit just the amateurish nature of this comes a lot from Gabby later on in this episode. So this, even at the beginning of this episode where she's like, I wish she had to talk to me. Well, somehow somebody did because you voted for Justin. So I don't understand where she's coming from here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was confused at that too. I'm thinking, well... You voted, you know, yeah, you voted for Justin, yet now you're saying to Imogen, you should have told me I would have voted with you. Well, she did end up voting with him, but how did she know that? Like we said in the last episode, obviously something's happened that we haven't been privy to as, as, a, as a viewer. You know, something's happened. Whether we'll ever find out, hopefully we do. But, um, 
you know, and that's where the editing's gone wrong because anyone that's watching this for the first time, but even if, you know, you're rewatching your stuff, you start thinking, hang on a sec, something doesn't add up here. You, you, you might get away with it if you just watched it once and no one's really noticed it, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it is. I think they've tried to cover something up that they couldn't quite do without telling an actual, the whole story, obviously, Justin goes, um, and they've just done the best they can and, and they've sort of hoped that no one really, really, you know, just people brush over it, but um, you're right. And, and Gabby even then now says all of a sudden she's what on day 17, she's ready to, she's ready to play. You know, she says, oh, I need to start playing um, to win rather than playing to survive. So it's taken a what, 17 days to realize, well, you know, if she's going to win this, she's actually got to play. But, um, and like you said, you, you're, you're disappointed with her in, in this episode anyway. So. Yeah. And I think, I mean, she would get ripped a new one if this was, modern survivor on social media these are the type of players that frustrate the fans aren't they um and but i mean having said that she's also to me the perfect goat (laughs) i mean this is hands down like take her to the end (laughs) i mean just seriously you're gonna beat this woman at the end easily um and it's kind of i think we kind of compared her a little bit earlier on to maybe someone like a jane who's kind of you know willingly playing this kind of role to get further in the game but she's been so flip-floppy in the fact that now all of a sudden she's claiming she's gonna play it's like well didn't you say a few episodes ago but you're doing this deliberately in a way to play so yeah I'm, I'm not too sure uh on gab and and sorry to ever compare her to queen jane there's no comparison let's be honest um but yeah i, I don't know she just really frustrates me this episode and i hate that line that i should play to win it now i've only been playing to survive well last week you're saying you wanted to go home because you were jealous of elton uh, and then we find out you're doing it to save Justin. Now Justin goes, and then you're denying that. And like, I just, I just can't get a read on this woman. You know, I bet your production never thought she'd probably make it this far. You know, you look at some of the players, the females that have been voted out already or voted out early, like Fiona and Amber. I, I guess they probably thought they were going to go a lot further, and maybe Gabby not so much. But you know, maybe Gabby was sort of in there for the. You know, she was, she was from the UK. They, you know, obviously a model. Um, thought she might be in a few episodes and, and gone, but um, but yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's Gabby's such a hard one. I mean, she, she's not going to go down. Obviously, as the greatest player in survive in Australian Survivor history, of course. But um, you know, she has she look, she has had her good points throughout the season. But um, you know, as we know, she does end up getting voted out this this episode. But um, we we move on to the next day, day eighteen. I love David. We see David a confessional and. Um, He's already thinking, he's like, all right, well, I'm now the last man standing. And, you know, it gives him a better opportunity. Well, he thinks a, a slightly better opportunity, I guess, if it's a physical challenge that um, that, he, that he'll be able to win immunity now that, that all the, the other, you know, fit guys are, are gone. So he, he's the last man standing. And talking about what, what producers probably never thought was going to happen, I bet you they never thought out of all, all the athletes and everything that were, you know, the fit people that were on the show that David was going to be the last man standing. I know in the end he's not, but but I still class David as the last man standing. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of um, particularly early Survivor, isn't it, is that kind of this was that notion that everybody had that these tough you know, athletes are going to win. We all remember when Hunter got voted out of Marquesas, what a shock that was because, you know, you assume someone like that's going to go far and that's kind of when you realise, well, fuck, this game isn't just about, you know, the brawn aspect of it. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I don't think anyone thought David would have gone this far. I mean, I'm telling you now, on the Aussie Survivor Sucks forum for this episode, it's 20 pages long and everybody's getting into a debate about David Oldfield's um, personal opinions to do with his politics. So, um, like, even <laughs> back then, even though he's playing a bloody good game, people can't look 
past the fact that he's connected to One Nation uh, and kind of some of the things he said in Parliament before. So it's, it's fascinating how the fans were perceiving that. But yeah, it's it's so interesting that David's kind of doing this. And they kind of really play on that this episode, don't they? Almost this girls versus David thing. Like Imogen's really starting to say like, oh, we, we want it to be all girls and we don't need a guy. And Gabby's kind of saying that a little bit too. And sort of Nicole's kind of the one here who's just ever the nicety in the middle there going like, oh, Gab's turned around and she's doing well. And again, can't say a bad word against anyone. So it would have been fascinating had David not won immunity this episode. It really would have. Um, because then I don't think the producers would have ever suspected that it would be an all-female final three. Because at that point in Survivor, at least in US Survivor, um, had we had an all-female final tribal, Sandra and Lil, we would have had at that point. Um, am I missing anyone? All female before that? No, I think that is the that would Vesepia have been and the first one. Vesepia and Nalia in Marquesas, of course. So mm. we, we'd had a couple. Um, we had we had more than men because obviously Brian and Clay. Uh, yeah, we would have. We'd only had the all males once at that point. Uh, anyway, sorry, jumping ahead here. But, um, yeah, it would have been fascinating to have an all-female final three. So, uh, very nearly the case here. But I, I do – I do like. I, go ahead, Matt. I'm going to jump no, ahead to a different scene there. I was just going to say what makes this interesting too out of this final four that are here now that, you know, it, it's – Imogen and Nick have made it clear right from the start they're not voting for each other. So, you know, you've got a final four here that everyone's fully aware and they're not even trying to hide the fact that, hey, we're not, we're not going to be voting for each other. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're a team here, so that makes it interesting too, because obviously it puts pressure on on the other two what to do, and and I guess there's a little bit of a funny outcome at the end of this episode when we see what happens next week and and why certain decisions were made. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting one too, the fact that we've we've got four people, but two of them are, are openly saying, well, we're, there's no way we're going to change our mind. Which is so fascinating, again, goes on, I guess, the amateurish nature of this because, I mean, if you've got a power couple like this, there's so obvious reasons to get rid of them, isn't there? <laughs> I mean, it's kind mm. of, obviously, as you said, next week's kind of going to be a thing and David's, you know, it's David's got an interesting strategy this episode and I think he's thinking long game, you know, like if this was a normal season of Survivor where you're not going to have people returning, then I don't think David does what he does this episode. I think he keeps Gabby and takes out either Imogen or Nicole. Because, um, I mean, on paper, again, that's a smart thing to do. Imogen points it out this week that it's a smart thing to do. I know we're jumping ahead here, but, um, yeah, it's 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 very, very interesting. I do like this scene, though, when they go out into the, uh, the forest to get some more, uh, sorry, the jungle, uh, to get some more food. And uh, we get uh, the great line on Gabrielle Richards. Oh my goodness, it's a banana. And I love this little exchange. I don't even, it doesn't even make sense. Where she's like, Imogen Bailey. And then Imogen Bailey returns with Gabrielle Richards. And then she's like, oh, and Master David. Like it's just some little back and forth between them. It's so cute. <laughs> come, on, ba- uh, come on, Ben. It's Sir David. Oh, sorry, Sir Dave. I, can't, I just can't get anything right oi, this episode, oi, can I? Oi, but oi, I- That's another name for David. So he's now, he's now been knighted. He's a sir. Sir Dave, Sir Lord Mayor of the Jungle. But I've got to say, Matt, as much as I like this little weird exchange, I love David's little sass about like, oh, the girls walk slow, but, you know, as long as we get there eventually. I'm sorry, those bananas were planted. They, they didn't even look like they tried. Come on, that looks so fake. Well, weren't they hanging from the tree, though? But they looked the way they were hanging from the tree. Like, it did not look natural to me. Like, it looked <laughs> like the producers have come along and gone, fuck, well, we're going to put some yellow ones. Because even the way David's like, we've come out here every day and they're green, and now all of a sudden they're bright yellow. Do bananas get that yellow that quickly? I, I don't know. You're from well, Queensland. You tell me. <laughs> well, I'm from southeast Queensland, not from northern Queensland, where all the bananas are. But uh, oh, 
do you reckon? What do you reckon they've just tied them sort of like tied the yeah. bunch of the? Tum- well, we talked somehow. about this earlier in the season that they went out looking. Remember, and like, oh, we didn't realize there was all this fruit here all of a sudden. Like, it's like, oh, convenient. <laughs> well, I, I still, I still remember that episode early, like real early on. It was episode three or four where they're they're hunting for the fruit. Now, I swear, I I mentioned it on this podcast that. It looked like they were just hunting in like an actual like someone's backyard that had a veggie patch, you know, yeah. like up and, and they were just helping themselves. But uh, look, yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe they cracked it and said, "Look, we, we need to have some proper fruit here." And David Mason ran down to the local local shops and. Which look, all- I mean, at the end of the day, we know they've got a few little perks here and there for the celebrities. We know they've got a toilet. We know they're allowed some makeup. Try- like I mean, again, we get it. There's a few little things, and kind of that does play into the the belief of a lot of people saying this isn't a real season of Survivor. But I mean, look, if they've shoved a a, a couple of bananas in a tree for them to, you oh. know, it's fine. Like it's not like they've gone here's McDonald's. For you. Yeah. Oh look, I found a Big Mac in the forest. Oh my goodness, what are the chances? I'd rather them do that and and just put the bananas out there like that long make it look to the audience like they're in the tree yeah and they and they could be we, we could be wrong they could have been but i'd rather them do that than give them this constant food reward challenges yeah, all the 100%. time and burgers yeah. and chips and steaks and yeah no i agree and they're not gonna give steaks anymore because elton's not there so he'd be uh you know he's eating <laughs> all the steak they've got no steaks to give out um but we get this kind of n- nice episode for nicole here um you know really like to me nicole if, if i'm watching this for the first time nicole's my winner because nicole is just Everyone loves her. She's not done a thing wrong. Uh, people are giving up uh, immunities and rewards for her. Like, I mean, she is, to me, the most dangerous person out there right now if I'm playing. She's so underrated as a player. She's not flashy. She's not bright. But, I mean, who dislikes Nicole? Nicole wins this game hands down. You, I agree. The only thing I'll say about Nicole, does she seem to sort of change her mind a lot? <laughs> like, she plays on emotion, doesn't she? doesn't she like oh, absolutely she's an emotional player she's kind of like a joel where she's kind of playing on the emotions mm. of it all and kind of worrying about that but at the same time she's natural this is just i feel nicole like she just seems so goddamn nice that yeah she's gonna play i mean we compare her to lance for a reason because like you know there's just there's not a a bad bone in this person's body that everybody loves them and that's why she's so dangerous because she's going to get to the end and who wouldn't vote for nicole and because this isn't a season where people are going to vote for strategy and gameplay they're going to vote for at the end of the day that nicole's a super nice person everybody wants her to get the reward this episode because of who she is it's funny you know, i've often talked about players that are before their time you know david haas david oldfield who would still play great in today's modern game of survivor with all the twists and you know basically you know how you've got to cut people's throats all the time if you if you know often if you want to get far and where i think nicole i think where the game has gone now nicole would actually she's too nice to play the modern game of survivor i don't think you know yes she could still go far we do see you know nice but i think almost think she's even too nice for that you know that she wouldn't want to make any decisions and it would only be if basically someone dragged it to the end in in the modern game i'm not talking about the old school game but she's almost too nice for the modern game now where obviously someone like david oldfield would easily be able to adapt to the new game yeah no i agree with that because i think nicole's you know ultimately just playing on on emotions as you said she's nice she's just she's just who she is she's not strategizing because we get that in this episode where she's literally like oh david i don't want to vote you out i hope you win immunity like it's kind of like you don't do that like i mean you know if you want to win this game you don't hope someone else wins immunity but i mean she's playing in the right era of survivor let's just put it that way um and she's playing on the right season of survivor but i'd still love to see someone like a nicole on a on a modern season just to see how that would play out but she gets this line just before the reward challenge 
challenge. And this is the age-old trope, isn't it? That, you know, you obviously know something good like this is happening because all the contestants start talking about how they're missing home and, oh, you know, this. And then Nicole gets a bit emotional because it's her 16th wedding anniversary. I love how she's like, I've been married for 16 years. And she's like, I've got two young boys. And, oh, then she starts crying. And it's kind of like, oh, I'd really like a phone call from home. It's so sweet. Like, I just want to hug this woman. I just want to see Nicole. Like, give us a hug. I, I, I was too young to see her on Home and Away. Like, I think I vaguely remember bits and pieces because I was maybe fading in and out of Home and Away just before I started watching it as a kid. But, like, I think she got killed on a boat, didn't she, from memory? I think we've talked about this before. But So I, I'm not going to... Like, honestly, if I met Nicole Dixon, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, it's Bobby from Home and Away. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, it's Nicole from Survivor. Like, that's my <laughs> thing that I would be doing for Nicole Dixon. Do you reckon anyone has ever done that to her? Like, oh, it's N- Nicole. We would. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Perth and, like, stalk her. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Nicole. She's like, oh, God, Home and Away fan. You're on Survivor. Yes, I am. <laughs> well, of course, I when I started watching Home and Away, Nicole was on home. Yeah, that she, Bobby was a character. So, I mean, that's when I, I'm, I'm a bit older than you. So, I definitely remember her from home and away. But it, yeah, it is funny. It's a funny take. Obviously, you didn't watch it. And the fact that you would look at her as just really a survivor player, not yeah. a former, a former well, actress. But it's David Oldfield, too, because like at the end of the day, um, with David Oldfield, like I'd heard of him, like, you know, kind of, I think we'd all heard of One Nation and all that sort of stuff as a kid, but like, I'm obviously probably a little too young to ever be like, oh, David Oldfield is controversial. So like, to me, while as an adult, I've sort of known a little bit more about who he is and he's obviously appeared on 50 other reality shows. To me, David Oldfield is always David Oldfield from Survivor and even Imogen Bailey, like outside of the, the great song that she she recorded, I, I never watched Celebrity Big Brother. I was too young to be buying FHM and all that sort of stuff in that period. So to me, Imogen Bailey is the survivor girl like and that's that's i like that just for our listeners ben you you may have been too young to buy fhm but you weren't too young to be ducking it down your pants and taking it hey, home and just because you're the cop on this and you're trying to arrest me all these years later it's not going to work stop investigating my teenage exploits <laughs> matt dyson i won't stand for it <laughs> i'm also disappointed for you because this is another week with no tree mail you've got no job this week matt I know, I don't. I, I noticed that they've, they seem to be cutting that out. But what do you reckon about this? Uh, we've got the Tam Tam Smash. So that's the <laughs> reward challenge today, the Tam Tam Smash. Now, we've got Dicko. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. You mentioned that there's already – I don't think you might have been off air when you mentioned this, that there's gonna, you've already got a thug life moment. I'm not sure what it is. You said that you were going to keep it a surprise from me. But um, when, when he's mentioning the Tam Tam, so for our listeners, if you haven't watched this episode, so basically – you got the four tam tams there. It's like a basically a wooden version of of each other, like a wooden. What, what, how would you describe it, Ben? It's a like totem a wooden, pole. Yeah, like a carving with like yeah. a head, and and then basically they dressed them up in a way that looks like the four characters. So, and when Dicko describes Gabby, Gabby's one, he says, "Oh, battering those eyelashes, and the more than ample boob tube, it's got to be Gabrielle." It's <laughs> I like this. once again probably wouldn't get away like JLP would not get away with that now no, if he's no. you know uh, I don't think JLP would do that though JLP would be the one to say like if the producer like JLP just seems like too much as a nice guy to ever do that but I love um I love the David one rugged good looks a chiseled jaw and I can't remember he said something about the crop top or something like yeah, that yeah the crop uh, yeah has which, to be David Oldfield 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, I love these type of challenges. Like they did this, used to do this on the US one where they would kind of make, you know, sort of like deities of these people. It's just funny. It's cute. And like, this is one of those, This is we've talked about this multiple times this season about having these types of challenges. This is where they get it right. You have a question and answer. I love these ones where it's kind of like calling out who is, you know, the, the dumbest, the laziest, all that sort of stuff and have it for reward. Like, as we've said multiple times, don't have this as an immunity challenge. Have it as a reward. Um, and, of course, uh, this is our family visit one. Um, we get uh, Dicko basically being Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get to the chopper! It's like, do you hear a helicopter? Uh, and then we meet each of our uh, beloved Fours fi- family. Uh, so we get Nick's husband, James. There he is. Look at him there. Still going 16 years strong. Uh, David's wife, Lisa, known as Scrumpy, who the first words out of her mouth to David is, you look so old. Uh, no offense to David and Lisa, but I can probably see why you eventually got divorced. Um, and then Gavin Imogen. <laughs> now, like, I feel, I actually feel bad for Gavin Imogen because... They get their best friends. There's no way in hell they're winning. Um, because, like, at the end of the day, what was the season? Was it um, was it Worlds Apart with the whole Rodney birthday thing where they were kind of fighting over friends and husbands and wives? Or And yeah. I know we had that last season a little bit too. Like, um, it's kind of that debate about, oh, a friend's nothing compared to a husband or wife. But uh, we've got Gab's friend Jane. I thought it might have been Queen Jane, but no there. <laughs> and then we get Australian Survivor's first ever celebrity cameo. <laughs> <laughs> because why wouldn't we? It's Big Brother's Sarah Marie, who I will admit is probably more famous than about a quarter of this cast. Um, like, why wasn't Sarah Marie on this season? Like, she would have been a good one to have. Maybe wrong network, because obviously Big Brother was Channel 10 back then. But, I mean, God, you talk about big reality stars in Australia in the early 2000s. I mean, Sarah Marie's up there as one of the most famous reality stars ever produced in Australia. So there she is. And I, I had to double take. I remember going like, is that Big Brother Sarah Marie? Well, she's, and, and she's looking really fit. You, you know, yeah. when she was on Big Brother, she was a, a, a little bit larger where she's obviously, I do recall, like thinking back now, I do recall after that, you know, she, she obviously got very popular. Um, she released she a did, song. Yeah. <laughs> I think do we, is that what we're playing out today? The bum dance song? The like bu- there's an option. <laughs> It has to be, doesn't it? All I right, there about- we go. Bum dance song is happening tonight. That's I, what we're closing out with. <laughs> I forgot about that song, and as soon as you mentioned, I remember. Everyone it, yeah. forgot about that song, Matt. <laughs> but, but she's uh, she's looking quite yeah, she's looking quite fit. So in two thousand and six, she she obviously um yeah was really um you know obviously on a mission there to yeah I guess a lot of opportunities would have would have opened up for Sarah Marie and. Probably not long after this, probably started declining as, as a lot of um, Which, reality TV people back then. You know, you probably yeah. only had a couple of year period where you could really make the most of it. And and also um, new back then. So, like, I mean, it was kind of like nowadays, like, we're just, it's second nature, you know, somewhat celebrity. I mean, look at you. You're hosting a podcast. What do you do? Every bloody celebrity on a bloody reality show does it now. But, like, this back then, like, Sarah Marie was a bona fide celebrity because, I mean, again, Australia and the world didn't really know how to handle reality stars. So they became household names. Uh, and, I mean, look at Reggie. Like, I mean, you know, she was on a couple of seasons afterwards. But, uh, I mean, so many of these people uh, ultimately were big names. And, and to me, like, I, I'm i not the biggest reality TV watcher outside of Survivor. Like, obviously, you got caught up in the hype of some of these shows. I was involved in the Big Brother hype. We all were in the early 2000s because it was so fresh and new. But I remember the shock when Sarah Marie got uh, evicted, like, the night before the finale. Like, everyone hands down thought she was winning. And she, what, went third, I think, from memory. Uh, and I remember, holy crap, what a shock that was that she didn't actually win. But, no, she should have been on this season, Matt. Like, uh, I mean, she would have been fun on this season. One thing I did laugh about, Dicko's always likes to have a bit of a, a backhander compliment to um, 
to David Oldfield. He said yeah. when, when obviously when, when obviously uh, his his ex wife Lisa, um, what well, was his wife at the time, Lisa comes in. He says, "Oh, the question on Australians' lips: <laughs> How on earth did you pull something as gorgeous as that?" Yeah, <laughs> I love that too. Maybe, maybe that's why they divorced. Dicko's been like pining for all these years, so finally he made a move like uh, a couple of years later. But I also love Dick Dicko when he's basically like, everyone's giving him a hug and within two seconds, all right, that's enough. Come on, you'll get time there. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. And like he just kicks him out. Like it's not even like in the US one where they stand on a mat and watch them. It's like he's teasing him. He's like, all right, he's bloody Sarah Marie. Give her a fuck off, Sarah Marie. Get to the chopper. And like off to the chopper. And the chopper flies off. They don't even get to watch them. <laughs> I never actually, I didn't actually think about that. You're right. They, why wouldn't they let him watch? Uh, that's actually, now you've mentioned that, that's actually, let's fly him in, let him have a hug, introduce him, and then fuck him off. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, it's so weird that that's how they do it. Um, the one thing I'll say, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick today, but it's obviously sad that, you know, him and Lisa are no longer together. And I think that's a fairly recent thing too. So they obviously, you know, were together for quite some time after this. But the one thing that does make me happy, the randomness that is Imogen Bailey and Sarah Marie being best friends, and again, that obviously came from their time together on Celebrity Big Brother, is that during the interview with Imogen for the Australian Hall of Fame, uh, she mentioned that she's still to this day very close with Sarah Marie. So uh, that makes me happy. Like, I'm thinking, this is this just some random thing where basically Imogen's been asked to like, have a family member and Sarah Marie's gone, oh, please give me, like, 10 more seconds of fame on TV. Like, you know, I need to be, you know, uh, exposed still. No, they're legitimately, obviously, very close friends. And you can see that from Imogen's reaction. She's got the biggest reaction out of anyone here. She's literally, like, bending down and... Ah! like screaming that there she is so can i just say ben if i would have made it to the the loved ones visit and then I, and then in, and I'm, I'm like oh who's it going to be and it, and it out walks you i would have been like oh for fuck's sake what the what the fuck's ben waterworth doing here <laughs> can you do that can you do that I, on a second I, chances i literally i literally would be like for fuck's sake what You're like is there, he doing? oh hanan's coming great i haven't seen yeah. her in like 40 days and the jlp's like and matt Here's your co-host on Australian Survivor Arcade. Been- and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Can you, you imagine? I'm going to do that. I- if you get back on, you're going to tell me, and I'm going to ring up Channel 10, and we're going to fucking play a joke on you. That's what's going to happen. We- we'll get great advertising for that, Matt Dyson. If JLP was like, oh, and here's your co-host from Australian Survivor, everyone right there is going, oh, Australian Survivor Archives. I'm going to listen to that. So there oh. you go. Come on. It's funny, you know. It's... um. Yeah, I just like I would have been actually I would have been like the one saying, "Oh, get back on the chopper!" Get, I would have been, I would, it wouldn't have been I would have been doing it. I would have get been to the get on the chopper. Oh, too good. Hey, just while we're on it too, so we should mention what the reward is. So they it, it's an overnight stay with their loved ones. Now, I'm sort of jumping ahead here because look, obviously um, Nicole wins, and we'll sort of explain a bit what happens during this this this. But David actually mentions the next day when Nicole comes back for it. He said, "Oh." It's because Nicole's the only one with children at this stage. So obviously you've got Gabby, you know, she has a friend there. Um, as you said, Imogen just has Sarah Marie, their friend. So, I mean, they were never going to win this. So really it was only down to David and Imogen and the fact that David, yes, David's got his wife there, but he had no children at that stage. And I think now myself being, being a parent, being a father, it does add a different level. I, I don't think until you realise that, you know, when you've got kids at home, I mean, geez, if, if I don't get to see them for two days because I've been working long days, you know, I really miss them. So I could imagine now, like, you know, being away from them for a couple of weeks, you, you never, if, if there's one person there that's got kids and a, and a husband or like, you, you're going to, you're going to let them win. I think you'd have to be pretty ruthless, especially in this situation 
not to. So, um, yeah. Well, I, like I guess... Joel last season where Joel didn't give a fuck. <laughs> 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 Drop mic moment, Joel. There you go. Fuck you, Sophie. Uh, <laughs> I need to speak to my girlfriend. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about. Oh, I just want to mention how good was that big fuck off bloody webcam that he that Joel had last week. It it was huge. That's the big. Uh, That's still to this day the biggest webcam I've ever seen. Yep, yep. Uh, And they say size doesn't matter, but I mean that's why I say like I feel sorry for Imogen and Gab because like even if Nicole didn't have kids and it was just a husband, like again, like you're going to have to try and fall on your sword and be a bit like, oh, it's their husband, not just the best friend. Like, And, like, I feel, I genuinely feel bad for them because it's kind of like, clearly Imogen is thrilled to see Sarah Marie. Like, she <laughs> absolutely loves her. So it's kind of like, oh, she's got no chance. In all fairness, how good would it have been to see Sarah Marie and Imogen have the night stay? And, like, it would have been pretty entertaining. They would have got some good shots. Imagine... It would have been funny. Actually, I'm surprised seeing, they yeah. didn't do the double one though. Like, I'm surprised yes. they didn't like. But, but like, I, I, I kind of think they, they reason why they did that because as Dico says, he says you can chat or do whatever you want <laughs> until your heart's content. And we'll get to that reward in a second because I'm telling you now, uh, if they've got a third child, I think it was conceived out there in Vanuatu. But I love these challenges. I love these trivia ones of like, you know, who is the least clever, who's the most laziest. They're fantastic. <laughs> I swear, uh, Gab is the answer for everything, isn't she? Uh, I mean, so, the least, yeah, the I, least clever is Nicole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but she gets called. I, I did love the uh, the intentional flatliner. Is what Dicko calls her. <laughs> I'll read this. I actually, I did. I do like the questionnaire. So I've questionnaire challenge. So I've actually wrote them down. So the first one was, who is the least clever? All voted for Nicole, including Nicole herself. Um, who is the messiest in camp? Uh, Gabrielle got that. So um, uh. Imogen, that's when she chops her own board. I think, uh, or I think, I don't know if Nicole got that one right, but um, yeah. Im- so we actually see Imogen actually ask, "Can I chop my own board?" And Nicole Dico did. Says, Nicole chopped Gabby. Nicole chops Gabby at that point. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and then it says, uh, "Who is the most surprised at getting this far?" Well, the answer is Nicole. Um, who is the most likely to stab someone in the back? Now, <laughs> Gabrielle got that. I for, for sure David. thought. David Oldfield, but yeah, that, me too. that again just shows you how well I guess David was playing this game. And maybe we've got a wrong read on David. Maybe we just think, oh, because he is such a good player, he would just stab anyone in the back and and play like that. But maybe that's just not him. I don't well, know. Let's like, be honest, Matt, he doesn't. Like, let's be honest, Imogen and Nicole are the ones who stab him in the back. Spoiler alert yeah. for next week. So And yeah. as we know, as we know from from you know, you've mentioned it how he actually writes him a letter afterwards and takes it pretty, you know, he takes it personally. So obviously for him, loyalty was a big thing, but, um, I love uh, Gab's reaction to that though, where like she's there, she's, she's already been eliminated. She's like, I'm proud of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, who is the most desperate to win? I'm surprised on this one too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I didn't, I thought that'd be David as well. That would be my assumption. Well, David, and at this stage, what it's down to David and Nicole, so it's down to only those two. And David gets it right, but David chops his own board. A politician and- with a conscience, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> and so- I love Dico, David Oldfield. Let me shake your hand. You're a top fella. <laughs> you big fella. Um, Which I have yeah- to say that my one complaint about this challenge is when Gab gets eliminated. She gets, she gets gone. Like, Dicko's back to his gorns again this time around. But usually when you get eliminated, you still get a chop. Like, that's kind of the rules. Like, even if you're eliminated, if you got it right, you still get a chop. So, Gab didn't get to chop. She got eliminated, sent to the naughty bench, and she had got it right. So, why didn't she get to chop still? 
Yeah, you should be out there doing it. Look, there's no rules in this season, Ben. Come on, David Mason, if you're listening, Redux. I want Vanuatu Redux. But, um, yeah, it's... um, Again, I enjoy these challenges. Nicole was always going to win. Uh, we get, obviously, from this point on, we get the the great reward. It's a beautiful reward, like this luxury resort and everything along those lines. I, I love, um, I just love the dynamic between these two because, like, Nicole's just, again, she's just such a nice person. I just want to be her friend. And she's just like, look how dirty I am. And then her husband's like, yeah, you smell. Um, it kind of reminded me of um, Karen's boyfriend from last season about not shaving, but he's a little bit nice because then he's like, I cooked, I cooked. He cooks salad. I mean, Jesus, I'm glad Elton didn't win this reward. <laughs> I think James, he's probably not used to having a camera in front of him because he keeps using the same joke about he made the salad. He uses it about two or three times. And I think he by the end of it, Nicole's like, yeah, no. <laughs> he's like, oh, I made it myself, made the salad myself. And Nicole's like, hey, he says it yeah, a couple of times in the morning as well, he says it. But uh, now, Ben, we see a flip phone here, a Motorola <laughs> flip phone. How oh. we talk, We just mentioned about the bloody... Um, webcam from last season that, that Joel got here. This flip phone. Did you have one of these flip phones? Is this? I had flip phones. I don't think I had a. I don't think I had a Motorola until the the Razer X3 or something. I didn't have the silver Razer. I had the blue Razer. Um, but we all had a Razer, didn't we? At some point, that was a cool. That were the iPhones of the mid two thousands, right? It was like the thirty three fifteen in the early two. We all had one. How bad is the video quality oh. on the? You, you forget it, don't you? Know, when you when you're watching but. the video that they've taken, it's great for the time. But you look now, and I mean, you you wouldn't you wouldn't let you you wouldn't even bother taking video footage if it was that bad these days. Back I, then, I it's could like, film oh, an wow. episode of Survivor on my phone today, whereas now, like, no, you're right. Like, but I mean. I vividly remember the first time I ever got a, a camera with a video on it and it was like the most groundbreaking thing ever. And like, I've still got videos on my computer from school when I was like 17, 18 because all I'd be doing, like I, none of my friends had one. So this was the coolest thing. So you'd go around and you'd be filming your friends. They were like eight seconds long. They were like, you know, half a megapixel VGA, like terrible quality. But like back then you're like, holy fuck, I can watch a video of me and my friends for nine seconds in the palm of my hand. Uh, nowadays, like you wouldn't do that without putting it on TikTok with like 50 million views or something like that but it's it is i mean this season we've said a few times holds up quite well but when you see the technology no it doesn't hold up very well um but and also can i just say um he, her husband's shirt the yokohama with like the number on it we all had those shirts and like i had that with the skunk hair right you got it from jj's you know like i think i had a tokyo like 62 shirt or something yeah oh cool i've got a city and a random number on my shirt i'm i'm cool like that does the fashion doesn't hold up there with james here <laughs> now another question is this dicko's bedroom again well i mean i would say yes but he's probably a bit disappointed that he's getting couple married couple consummating <laughs> their 16 seriously like all you need is some Barry White here, the way they fade onto the sheets. You see this silhouette of them kind of like hugging and then you see the pan down of the candle. I just want that... Like, oh, baby, yeah. I want to make love to your woman. <laughs> it's, it's funny, like, they do seem to make a great couple, don't they? And, and this is what oh, I yeah. love about Nicole Dixon, you know. Obviously, she she had a lot of fame with, you know, in Australia with, with Home and Away. and But she's just such a down-to-earth, normal person. And... This episode, you mentioned at the start, like this is a really good episode for Nicole. And, you know, the husband just seems like a normal guy. You know, obviously she's she's just a a normal mother, you know, missing her kids, missing her husband. Um, Yeah, Nicole, like you're right. Like we, we often say Lance is the nicest person in the world. Well, Lance has got to be equal 
Yeah, I mean, Nicole's got to be equal with Lance as far as niceness goes. Oh, I mean, she's the female Lance. I mean, yeah. I, I'd give a slight edge to Lance because as far as I know, Nicole doesn't go to third world countries and build them schools. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's no disrespect against Nicole. I mean, this woman is amazing. Um, uh, but, you know, I'd, I'd put them as a power couple on Survivor. You just wouldn't want to vote them out because they're just, <laughs> oh, no, I can't hurt their feelings. They're so nice. But, I mean, again, we've, we've had David Oldfield having moments in the shower, which we question, and now we've gotten, uh, I'm, I'm calling this right now. This is the first route ever on Australian Survivor. It happened right here. Right here. And I'm not, I'm not complaining. They're a married couple. They can root to their heart's content. But I'm telling you, if they've got a third <laughs> child now that was conceived then and there and that night, like, I mean, they don't even hide it. Just they, they close the curtains and Barry White's playing and candle and fade into the island and boom, there you go. Did, Happy anniversary, they, Nicole and James. Did they end up having a third child? I don't know. I really don't know. I hope they did because I want it to be conceived on this, you know. And let's be honest, James has missed his wife for like three weeks. Like you're talking about missing your kids for a couple of days. I can't imagine if you went without Hanan for a couple of weeks, you'd be doing this. You'd probably be trying to hunt me. If you finally got over the fact that I was, you know, your loved one visit, you're like, oh, fuck it. Then we'd be out having salad. You're like, Ben, let's go to bed. I'm like, oh, fuck oh. off. I, I know at the start I said I'd be telling you to, to get out of there, but then I'd be like thinking about it. I'm like, well, you can stay for just one night. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say fuck off, but then I'd be like, you know what? Why not? When it, once in Vanuatu, whatever happens here stays here. Why not? You know? Let's do it. Oh, <laughs> shit, shit. I like how you just declared it was the first route on Australian Survivor history. It's got to no. be the first route in Australia. Who's rooting else out there? I mean, yeah. you know, Craig and Craig and Naomi maybe. I mean, afterwards we sort of got slight confirmation of that. Hello, Naomi and Craig, if you're listening. But, I mean... David rooting himself in the shower, does that count? <laughs> um, Justin and Gab might have had a bit of a, you know, jungle cruise in the in the wilderness. I don't know, but they've rooted. Come on, you can't tell me they're not having a they're having a good old session that night. Come on, Ben. They've been married for 16 years. Yeah. Well, oh. if you've been married for, you don't root your wife? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, come geez, on. Jeez. We'll have to find out. We'll, we'll find out whether they end up having any more kids. But what's what's going on back at camp here, Ben? What's what's going on? Basically, Gab is uh, talking about not meeting men, needing men. Um, Nicole comes back, and this is where she has a nice little moment here with David and kind of – I love, the, the, again, the, just the niceties of Nicole because she's just basically like – you know, like, oh, like, I kind of want him to win immunity. Uh, it was so nice of what he did for me and all this sort of stuff. And Gab straight away. Like, this is the one smart thing I think Dab, Gab does this episode, which is like, yeah, David totally did that to sway Nicole's favour. Yeah. And of course he did. And good on you, David, because you're a smart man. This is what you should be doing. And all, you know, everything about Nicole aside, like, this is where you can easily kind of play on someone like Nicole a little bit, right? Because... You know, she's so nice. She plays with those emotions, so she's easily manipulated. So, And she, it works because we've got this great scene here where, like, I, I just love this little moment where David's just like, so, you know, uh, what's going to happen uh, tomorrow night? And she's just, oh, David, you're so gorgeous. I don't want to vote for you. And then David straight away, so you won't? <laughs> 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 David's just thinking in the game. Like, he's just like, so you won't then? And Nicole's like, oh, oh, I think you deserve to be here. And David's like, so you won't get rid of me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so good. He, he, he just wants to hear her say, definitely, no, I'm not going to vote. And she's not giving it. And yeah. he's not giving, I love how he's not giving up on it. He's just like, yep. so you know? So you're not. Yep. So, so you're not. So you're not going to do it. But then um, this is where we kind of get this weird moment from Gab where she's basically like, oh, I think Nick blames me for all the Justin stuff and I didn't know it was going on. And i like, huh? 
again, yeah. I just I don't buy you, Gab. I'm sorry. I do not believe that for a second. But then we get kind of crafty Imogen here, where Imogen's basically, you know, saying that, like, I don't trust David. Um, like, you know, in, basically says to Nicole, like, he's playing you. Like, as far as we don't, we don't see it, but Gab doesn't say that to Nicole, but Imogen's not afraid to say it. Imogen's like, hey, like, just be careful here, Nicole. Like, he's playing you. We've got a plan here. Just, you know, keep, keep yourself uh, wary of what's happening right now. Imogen really wants it to be the final three girls, doesn't she? She yeah. wants the final three to be girls. She really does not want David to be there. So it will be interesting, interesting when we get David on just to find out the dynamic between him and Imogen. You know, was there Which, a sort of a bit... Yeah, yeah, was we, there we, sort of a bit of a battle, or did did they think they were sort of both playing harder? Obviously, because they know they both know Nicole's is there. She's this, she's predictable. I mean, I don't want to sound negative, Nicole, but the way she's playing is predictable. You know what you're going to get with her. Yeah, hundred percent. And like that's kind of we talked about that earlier in this season about kind of like David approaching Imogen and kind of almost having this. I almost want to call it like an underground hidden alliance because it's kind of implied earlier that David Elton, Imogen and Nicole would form an alliance. I always feel that this three-way alliance is still there. Like, even though Imogen's constantly saying like, no, we've got to make this all girl strong. But like, she's almost got like the backup plan ready to go. And David kind of knows, well, I've made enough inroads with these girls if I need to. And that's ultimately, I think, why he's going to keep them, isn't it? Uh, mm. For next week, because, you know, he's, and this is where he's very smart because he's obviously thinking ahead, realising something's going to happen. So if he sides with these two, who are unbreakable, three versus two people coming back on paper, it should win you the game and get you back to the final three. But obviously we'll talk about next week and the smart uh, smarts of Guy. So, um, yeah, it's it's this, this is kind of the layers of this. And again, there's stuff here that I feel we don't see. But, I mean, obviously Imogen kind of, you know, wants it in the background. And, and it doesn't really lose much for Imogen by losing Gabby, does it? Like, I mean, it, it's not going to hurt her because even if it was still a final three and nobody came back realistically she's still got nicole so it's imogen versus nicole david doesn't win immunity he's gone he's gone so you know like imogen's kind of thinking she's got two perfectly good options here in my eyes and like imogen is sitting very pretty right now as is nicole like david is you know thinking ahead and gabby's just i don't know what the fuck she's doing this episode it's amazing to think that Imogen in episode nine has got herself in the best position out of everyone at this stage. And, and I've, we've mentioned it all the time that she was nearly the first to go, but that just shows you she's gone from episode one, nearly going home and really being on the outs, yeah, struggling, you know, being on the outs with, with other contestants to the point where she's sitting here now with four people left um, and in the best position. So, I mean, it is, a, it's an absolute credit to Imogen, but um yeah, I mean, she's she's been smart through you know up until this point, you know, positioning herself with the right people, yeah. um, to, to get herself in that position. So I and 100%. I guess like and that's why I guess she's still getting in Nicole's ear saying she, she wants it to be final three. I guess she, she doesn't. She knows David's the biggest threat at this stage and just wants him out of the game because Which, I think once once she got rid of David, I think she probably thought she's she's going to win this game or or at least you know, guaranteed a final two spot. Yeah, and I think that. There's still a moment to come in this episode where I will slightly question and criticise Imogen for her what she does. But at the end of the day, you're right. Like, I mean, she, she's prime position right now. I know I said Nicole gets to the end, she wins, and that's probably the only kryptonite for Imogen is if she gets to the end with Nicole, which is obviously what she wants because she's loyal and believes in that sort of stuff. She's constantly saying, I will never vote her out. But, I mean, I realistically think that probably Nicole would have beaten Imogen just based on the social aspect of this game and people are going to vote for her for being so nice. See, so I, I, I disagree because Imogen's a better talker than 
Nicole. I think Nicole often sits there at tribal and sort of doesn't either doesn't want to answer questions or, you know, sort of has a bit of a little laugh. Where Imogen's very precise in what she's trying to get across. She she would say, well, you know, she would sell them the story. Well, I nearly was first out. I've done this. I've done that. You know. Um, I agree. I agree. I think that's a possibility. But I also would almost think that Imogen would almost fall in a sword to let Nicole win. Like, I almost think she would almost be at final tribal going, ah, like, like at the end of the day, if I don't win, it's fine. Like, you know, I would be happy if Nicole wins. And like, yeah, it's, it's a tra- I mean, this is one of the, like, we, we, we're going to ask the jury members. The big question is who would win between David and Imogen? Because I think that's the, the big one I would love to know. But I, I think we need to ask who will win between David and Nicole because like, uh, sorry, Imogen and Nicole, because I almost think David, I don't even know if David beats Nicole. Like I just, I just feel Nicole in this era of Survivor is just the perfect person everyone would vote for based on the fact that no one would have a bad word to say. No one's going to criticize her for playing badly when that's kind of not. I feel how people would have voted back then. Yeah, look, it's interesting. It's um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It, it's it. I mean, in the end, it doesn't happen. We they obviously don't get to the final two, but it. Geez, that would have been – it would have been a close – I mean, in the end, it was a close vote between Justin and Guy, oh, but um, I One think it probably – closest would, votes in Survivor history in Australia. Yeah, so, and, yeah, and I wouldn't have been surprised if it would have been the exact same sort of voting between those two, whether it came down to the to one vote. I do love, just before we get to the immunity challenge, I love David gets angry at a tree branch when he's like, that's the most stubborn branch. Luckily, I'm more stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> David versus Branch. David won. Branch zero. I'm going to get Gab caring for immunity for the first time. So go on, Gab. Good on you. Um, immunity challenge. So we're going to have a relay race here, essentially, with the loved ones are back and they've got to swim out to a platform in the water, grab a flag, put it in the little holder and, uh, what is it, three flags, and then they win. And Dicko looking good here. Holy crap. Put Dicko on uh, the cover of FHM right now. He's looking good in his polo and his glasses with the crystal clear blue water behind him. And it's a beautiful day out there in Vanuatu. And I love how he's like, you know, and you can do this any way you want. And, David, if you want to be chivalrous and let your wife sit there, you can do all the legs. And he basically almost does all the legs. But, um... I mean, it's entertaining. I love a lot of good camera shots here under the water, the swimming. David ends up winning. Um, but I, I've got a question, old uh, Lisa's swimming cap here, Matt. Um, what's going on there? <laughs> okay, okay. So I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to you like this: that when it comes to that swimming cap, what the fuck? Yeah. Yep. Like ser- seriously, who signed off on that? Did, did David know that she already had that cap and was going to be wearing it? Because if he did, he should have been saying, don't you dare bring that out to Vanuatu. <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know. What had, bizarre, absolute, was that the trend back in 2006? No, oh, to I me, it looks like it's like it's Beatrice from the 1950s. Like, I mean, that, that's sort of what it looks like. I, I don't think I've ever seen that except for old tapes of the 1950s. I have no idea what the hell that was. And I think you've brushed over a few things here. First, the, the challenge name. Well, you know I love these challenge names. It's, the flag race, pretty flag self-explanatory. Race. Yes. Oh, I the have missed race. a big one here, actually. Sorry, you're right. Sorry, keep going. The flag race, Dicko calls uh, the final four the fearless foursome. The fearless foursome. Um, yes. <laughs> now, I I love when the loved ones get involved in a challenge. This, this to me, I, I, I'm in for. And I actually like the way they've done this, where they give them the option. You can either use them in the challenge or you can do it yourself. I think that's brilliant. I, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how our listeners feel, but... This is great. I, I would have been disappointed if they said you had to use the loved ones because that could be a disadvantage. If you don't have a fit loved one or you know a good swimmer or whatever, that's obviously a disadvantage, which I don't think should come into your game when you've been playing a game, you know, and you're you're down to the final four. 
Um, but I like the fact that you give them the option. Well, here's your loved ones. If you want to use them, you can, you know, and I guess people can look at it either way. Like, you know, if, if Guy Leach was still in the game at this point, I don't know whether he was married at the time, but he might have a really fit, you know, Iron Man, Iron Woman wife at the time and they could have blitzed her. I don't know. You, you can look at it each way, but I actually don't have a problem with this. I actually really like the fact that loved ones can, ha- you know, be involved in a challenge, but you don't necessarily have to use them if you don't want to. I'm very surprised that Gabby didn't have one of the 58 NRL boyfriends out there just kind of powering Solomon. Hum- Imagine that Solomon Homono comes out. I don't know she, whether they had already broken up by that stage probably. but um, She was dating the Criminal Minds guy around about this same time. So, I mean, come on, there's a big Hollywood superstar that would have been out there on the show. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, I, I don't think I have a problem with it. I, I could do kind of like it when they force them involved sometimes because, I mean, think of Heroes vs. Villains, Colby and, damn it, Reed, like throwing his water on him and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, we kind of get a moment there lisa ripping shit into david like uh david come on pick it up it's like why don't you take your bloody swimming cap off and stop yelling and do some work yourself like jesus I, but I, I, I look probably shouldn't say this but she seemed like a bit of a ball breaker yeah <laughs> like she, i don't think david would mind you saying that now no, uh, i mean I, I don't know i don't, I don't want to say negative things about people i don't know but just from what i saw of that bit of footage i ball i immediately thought ball breaker but um <laughs> this made me laugh too. I've got to think about this. Just say if you were my loved one that had come out and obviously I'd already seen you in that previous challenge. I'm like, oh, fuck, Ben Waterworth is out here. But then all of a sudden, next second, you're back there on the beach and then Dicko's telling me, oh, now I've got to get you involved in this challenge. And I'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, again. <laughs> like, I would have been like, literally, Ben, sit down. I'll just do this myself. How do mate. you know so, I can't swim? Judgmental much. Okay. Are you a good swimmer? I got third place in a swimming carnival race in backstroke. Admittedly, there are only three people in it, but still, it doesn't matter. I'm a bronze medalist from my school swimming carnival. Okay, but was that was that the A was that the A comp? I know because back then, yeah, in school, I'd do the A's, the B's, the C's. I mean, like the F comp. I can't remember, but I mean, uh, whatever. I, I, look, honestly, Ben, if if he would have, I got you. Yeah, I thought, oh, good, I get a bit of help in this next second. Uh, all right, you've got this bloke again, Ben. What am I? Ah, I would have worn a swimming cap for you, Matt. I would have put it on. <laughs> okay, Can I'll we have those swimming caps as the buffs? <laughs> I'll make you a deal. If I ever am lucky enough to play this game again and I get to that stage and I'll get you out there, but only if you wear that swimming cap, that scrappy, scrumpy, scrappy. Is it, was it, what, what was it? Scrappy, scrumpy, scrumpy, swimmy, scrumpy, 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 swimmy, swimmy, swimmy. You know, you know, in Dumb and Dumber, he's like swimmy, yeah. swimmy, 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 uh, swimmy, Samson, Samson, Samson. Uh, Samson, I was way I was, off. I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that when he's mentioned scrap, scrap, scrumpy, and I was like, I literally, my mind just went to that straight away, and I'm like, swimmy, scrappy, squammy. Sw-. I don't know. I think it's funny. Probably no one else is laughing, but I was cracking up when I was watching this episode. I tell you that, what, I'll and, make and you a deal. And- <laughs> if I ever get on the show, I won't have you on my loved ones list. It's fine. <laughs> You'd lose it for me. You'd get me voted out. It's a trend I'd, with you. I'd start abusing everyone and I'd be like... You oh, would. You'd start yelling. It, You'd be, be called sexist again on Twitter the next day. <laughs> Jesus. That, if they're like, if this is this guy's mate, he's got this. we got to get do, both of them. Can I just point out that, I, like, again, I love being a dick to you because it's fun. But, like, whenever I, like, do one of these Photoshop images, sometimes I'll go to your Facebook and grab some random photo. But sometimes I just, I'm lazy. So I'll just type Matt Dyson Survivor and Google Images and, you know, pull up one of the cast photos. But I always love whenever I search for your name, there's always this one photo that comes up. It's like, what was Matt Dyson thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, love 
love these headlines that still exist of you on the internet. Just basically, what was he thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Can we please call that when we get to your recap episodes? What was he thinking? Oh, (laughs) shit, shit. That is going to be our longest episode. Can I? I know, I know, jumping ahead with Channel 10, uh, I think we've said it a few times. We're probably going to recap like each, we're going to do like three episodes into one recap, not like we're doing one here because we'll be here for all the time. But can we please make a promise for at least episode one of season five? We need to keep that as a set. I really seriously think we do because you're going to give such an insight into that episode where I feel that uh, we need to keep that separate, right? Like I don't want to kind of only gel over your episode so quickly and lump it in with two and three because I feel that that's the one exception here. That uh, It's a good thing that you were on one episode because we can kind of do that. Well, it's funny, you know, and, and no disrespect to, to other first boots, but I think the same for Des because Des was obviously the first first boot of the Channel 10 season. So, you know, I think that's a, a lot of insight into that too, you know, the hype of Australian Survivor not being being around for so long and then all of a sudden coming back. I think that would be an interesting one too just to do a solo. But, yeah, look, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I was going to say maybe we can. We, we'll just, we're having production meetings on air right now, but maybe we can maybe do the premiere episode and the finale separate, and then the other ones are lumped in together because maybe that then you can kind of you know work around that. A couple of things I should say about this though. Um, they swim in shoes. That kind of annoys me. Like I get it. They've got to climb up the tower, but like that doesn't seem well smart. Yeah, but okay. I mean, I, I don't know. I wasn't on the show long enough, but as far as I know, I think. I'm pretty sure you kind of have to, even in modern day, you have to wear wet weathered shoes. Cause I know we had to take them out. We actually, so I took three pairs of shoes out on, on, on the Island for myself. So you're allowed, you're allowed a pair of runners. You're allowed wet weather shoes. And I sort of found a glitch in the system. So I wore non-running shoes in my day one outfit. So that way I got then also, a, which were still runners, but I didn't count them as runners. Then I, still claim my runners plus my wet weather shoes. So I actually had three pairs of shoes oh, out man. there. Yeah. And it was funny. I actually, one of the production guys said, Oh, you got three. They're like, Oh geez, you've, um, that's good thinking. That was like, that was the last good thing I did on that show. And then I was voted out <laughs> two days later, but, uh, but actually, so I did get complimented on the fact that I found a glitch in, in, in the rules and I exploited it. Um, that was like PG yeah. on China when she, uh, made fishing hooks out of her earrings. Uh, to you know that yeah. they didn't ever catch up on. Um, now the thug life moment. I'm calling it here. I've written it in big letters, and I forgot about this one. Uh, so the fearless foursome comes in. Dicko's like, "Oh, Nicole, tell us about last night. Did your husband root you good?" And she's all like, "Yes, Dicko. <laughs> it was great, great night of rooting." Uh, to which Dicko then, "Well, I think all three of you did a fantastic thing. So Australia." salutes you and he gives he actually like rigidly stands up he gives a whole like australia salutes you and i just love the moment there. that's gotta be thug life come on i i gotta admit i must admit i must have been looking down taking notes i don't i don't recall that oh. so I've, I've missed i've messed this up here i i'll admit literally it on salutes matt you need to go back and look at it. he actually oh, salutes I, I must have been looking down writing down some notes when i i missed that oh. Wait, oh. so when does when does he do that that's so at the he, end. when he comes in he says that, no it's at the beginning of the it's the beginning of the challenge so he does a whole you know and here comes a fearless foursome and he's like nicole tell us about last night and then basically dicko just goes on the the notion of saying like oh i all three of you did such a noble thing for for nicole to have that one so australia salutes you and he, he literally goes the salute he's salutes them like i'm doing this to you now on camera people can't see me but he literally goes salutes you uh so 
Yeah. Oh, Get on God. board the Thug Life salute. Um, so David wins immunity. Third immunity out of four. He is a challenge king of Vanuatu. Sir David, all these kind of stuff's going on there. Um, and I do, what does he say? Like, tired but triumphant. In he comes. Uh, and then like, I've still written here, Lisa's swimming cap. What the fuck? Um <laughs> But uh, then we kind of get a, a sort of I, just, I, I reckon. I reckon she probably said to David, like at the end of that challenge, you better win this or don't bother coming home. Yeah. <laughs> if I was David, I'd be like, you better take that bloody swimming cap off or I won't come home. Uh, <laughs> imagine, imagine if he had won the reward and was rooting Lisa out there wearing the swimming cap. Like, Jesus. Pull it down your face more, love. I don't want to <sighs> see that face in the swimming cap. Holy crap. Oh, David, if you're shit. listening... We love you. It's all good. You're divorced now. We can get away with it. Um, the pre-tribal, <laughs> again, it's a pretty quick one, but this is where I, I've got to make some questions here. So Imogen basically talking about how this is the worst thing that happened. They kind of have like this nice little moment where kind of Imogen's like, yep, I'm going to have to vote for Gabby. Gabby knows I'm voting for her. She knows Nicole's voting for her. They're almost got like a little moment where they're all hugging each other. Like, oh, well, you know, what will be will be. Like we want it to be all the girls. And then Imogen... Turns around and goes, well, it might not be a sure thing. And then Nicole's like, yeah, if we, it was a tie, like maybe one of us would go home. Why? Why would you say that? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't get it. Like, that's the one thing I've got to criticise Imogen for. Imogen, you're so good at this game. You're your Hall of Fame and you're great. But, like, that could have cost you the game. Like, no offence to Gab. Maybe a bit of offence to Gab. She's not the brightest bulb in the bush. So, like, she doesn't... She To point... To prove my point... She gets this information and does nothing with it. <laughs> so, I mean, clearly, maybe that was a strategy from Imogen. Well, she's so dumb, she won't do anything with this. But on the off chance, she has a moment where she goes, ding, 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 ding. Oh, I know I can survive now. Um, she doesn't. But I don't know. This, this, I was, like, screaming at my TV screen, like, Imogen, shut up! <laughs> well, especially when they basically already told her that they're going to be voting for her because yes. they, they can't vote for David. So they, or, Gabby already knows she's getting two votes. Yeah, but I think Nicole was the one that initially brings it up, and then Gabby's sort of uh, Imogen sort of like it's what well, does it's she kind do? of both because like, Imogen says like it might not necessarily be you, and then Nicole goes, "Yeah, if it's a tie." So kind of mm. Imogen raises it, and then Nicole jumps on it. But yeah, it's not great. I mean, obviously playing today's game, if you if you were to bring that up and someone hadn't realised, oh, and then like, you're gone in a I heartbeat. Mean, you, oh, you're gone. Yeah, you're gone. You're gone. Um, you're gone. But I, the, the thing I do like about it, though, is that, and again, like, bless you, Gab. Like, we're going to talk you about a little bit about you very shortly. Um, just She just doesn't think a lot here, does she? Because then she's like, oh, well, I say we talk to David. Like, not you go and talk to David. Let's have a committee meeting, all four of us. So in front of everyone, Gab's literally like, oh, so David, who are you voting for? And I love, I love this moment where she's like, Oh, of course you don't have to tell us. There's like silence. And then David like, David just says no. And then all of a sudden silence. And he's like, I'm agreeing with you. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like David's off. Drop my David. Let's call him that. But um, and like I love David just the way he gets here and he's just like, I'm not sure if having a draw is a good idea. Now, this is where it's it's frustrating from uh, somebody who maybe is a bit more critical of Modern Survivor. This is where I want to see this though of Gab Pulling David aside, I mean, like, like, please, like, come on, like, think about this. You're not going to beat Imogen and Nicole. Like, we know David's working out now that there's something else happening going on. We're going to see that very, very shortly. And clearly at this point, David knows that too. So let's be realistic. David 
is saying that a draw is not a good idea because he wants to be with Nicole and Imogen so that he has an alliance of three. He's not going to want Gab because Gab's flip-flopping. If Justin comes back in the game, who's Gab going to go straight back to? Justin. Gab's probably going to go to anybody at the end of the game because she wants to survive. So it's actually really smart of David here not to force a vote. The thing that's not smart from the editing point is that at this point, we don't know that there's going to be a twist. So in on paper, if you were this was a real final three you would be saying David's stupid because why would you want to keep that pair together? You'd want to take Gabby with you because, again, as I said before, Gabby's a goat. Gabby, would you'd beat her easily at the end. So long game, David is very, very smart. Short game, without knowing there's a twist, I'm saying David's not very smart. You should be forcing a tie here. Yeah, but it was pretty clear, obviously, like you said, mathematically, it had there had to be a twist. Oh, 100%. 100%. So... That's why I'm saying, like, what I'm saying is, David makes the right move here. That's what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying from an editor, like if you're watching this episode for the very first time in 2006 and you're me and not very good at math, you're not knowing that at the time. So you're kind of thinking, yeah, well, why wouldn't you force a tie? You've got to break Gavin. My point is it's a smart move by David. I'm just doing the the 50-50 hindsight thing of how you're watching this in 2006. You're right, though. There should have been some sort of footage there of – Gabby going up to David pleading her case. I mean, that was missing. I don't understand why they wouldn't show that because I don't surely think she did. I just don't surely. think she did, Matt. But, but, but I, I don't like this, and this is where I'm criticizing Gabby. And like, maybe I shouldn't say I'm criticizing Gabby because again, this is a different type of survivor, and it's still sort of early days of survivor. Like, I could go back and criticize the early seasons of a, of a US survivor for this not happening. It's it's pointless to do that. It's like me going back and saying, well, why didn't Jesse Owens run under ten seconds back in nineteen? Like, it's pointless to do. It. It's a different time, but. It, it comes from that fact where I don't think she did because she literally brings this up to David in front of Imogen and Nicole. Like, like surely if she was smart enough, she wouldn't have done this at all because then you kind of get Gab going like, oh, I don't know if we can trust him. Um, and then basically saying like, oh, Imogen's upset about this. Um, and, and then again, Imogen kind of plays this calmly because I think almost like Imogen realises, fuck, I fucked up because then she kind of goes on this notion of the sitting duck line, which I'm just saying now, in the next five minutes, we're going to get enough sitting duck references to start our own TV show on sitting ducks. Uh, do you remember that TV show, Sitting Ducks, the animated? It was like a sort of a 3D animated one in the 2000s. I used to love that show. No, um, lots of quacking going on. but uh, And then like even here, um, Imogen says, if Gabby is smart, mm. she would get who David is voting for. Um, and to point out my point on Gabby not exactly being the brightest bulb in the bush, she ends up voting for Nicole, uh, which I thought Imogen would be the easiest one to vote for here. Uh, I don't know. But because uh, but this is where we get the first thing of the pass vote rule. So obviously they were told this is going to come into play in uh, a couple of weeks' time. Um, but obviously we know in season one they didn't actually know that at the time that it was coming in, but clearly they knew because is it Nicole says in a confessional? about how yeah. that uh, if it is a tie, uh, pass votes. And at this point, Gab's had no votes, whereas Imogen and has Nicole had any votes? Well, well, Gabby brings it up in the confessional just before that. She says, both girls have more pass votes than me, so it may all come down to who David votes for. So they, they definitely, Gabby's aware about the, the pass votes at this stage and obviously the other girls would be and David would be. So so there's definitely... Um, Elton voted for Nicole twice um, and Guy voted for Nicole. So, yeah, Nicole has three votes at this point and Imogen has one. one. Okay, so I'll, I'll take that back. Maybe that's why 
uh, Gab voted for Nicole because she knows she's got more votes than Imogen. So how many votes has David got at this stage? I know, at obviously, this- he's got immunity, but you know um, how many votes he would have had up, and up by episode nine? Two. The night Fiona went home, Justin and Fiona voted. No, three, because Amber also voted for David the night she went home. So he's got three against him. So and how many does, many. So and how many does Nicole and Imogen have? At this uh, stage? Imogen's only got the one. Gab's actually got ones. Okay, so I'm going to take that back. Uh, I think Gab knows that uh, the reason why she's voted for Nicole, because Nicole's got three, she's got one, and Imogen's got one. So, therefore, it would have been another tie, wouldn't it? So, that's actually mm-hmm. smart. Okay, sorry, Gab. That's why you voted for Nicole, because you know she's got three votes against her versus only the one, whereas you've also got one. So, there you go. That, that, that makes sense for that. So... Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting, but, uh, tribal council, more sitting ducks. Dicko basically calls out Imogen and Nicole for being sitting ducks to which Nicole's like, yeah, we are sitting ducks. What is with the sitting ducks everywhere all of a sudden? Like, is it advertising back for the animated show sitting ducks? It's just quacking all over the place. Can I just say, I'm not a fan of this tribal council. I think it was really a poor tribal council, to be honest. I mean, you get David... Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of sitting duck talk. You get David mentioning that he's basically worked out that he would need at least one more immunity to to, to really make sure he, he's a certainty to get to the end. Um, Dicko sort of is questioning David about um, what sort of person do you think, you know, the, the jury won in the final two and talks about, you know, he, he, David's great. He doesn't give much away here. He says, you know, the, he says, oh, well, the person that the jury, um, you know, well, the person I'd want to take to the jury is the one that they're least likely, or final two is the least likely that the jury are going to vote for. So he's just keeping it straightforward where, I don't know, it's just sort of weird. I thought they could have been talking about other stuff at this point. Um, yeah, about the, I don't I know. agree. After last week, it's, it's a bit of a downer, uh, probably the worst tribal. But, um, I mean, I do, one thing I will say is like, I like Imogen downplaying herself where she's basically saying that, oh, I don't think I'm going to get voted for at the end. Um, that she's almost yeah, well, she puts saying, her- I'm the goat. Like, she's like, she- take me to the end, I'll lose. And, like, that, that's smart by me to Imogen because, I mean, I, I know I kind of said before that I feel I, – I actually think Imogen's being genuine here. I don't think Imogen is actually being strategic right now. I think she legitimately believes she cannot get the vote at the end. Well, when um, Dave, when David says, oh, I'm going to – you know, if I get the opportunity, I'm going to take the person that's going to least likely to get any votes by the jury to win, yeah. Imogen puts her, puts her hand up and then Dick goes – he jumps in and is like, oh, what, so you're going to drag – Imogen to the end and David Gold, I love, he's so good at the way he talks. He says, yeah, I won't be, I won't be able to drag Imogen anywhere, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a great line. That's a great line. Yeah, it's a great line. He's saying, well, Imogen's not, if she's too good of a player just to be dragging in anywhere. So Imogen here is trying to play the whole, oh, you know, if I get to the end, I'm not going to win. And David's too smart for that. He's like, yeah, right. You know, if you get to the end, you're going to be a good chance to, to win. But I just don't see where, why this was, being brought up in tribal now, I, I, I think question, I, to, but- to, to me, to me, I'm putting this on Dicko, and I think Dicko's trying to create tension that's not there. I think mm. that I'm giving props to Dicko here because Dicko has this line when he goes to get the votes. He he says absolutely no idea. Sorry, absolutely no idea how this will go. So better go count them, eh? Like he's just he's literally 
you know, making this a bigger deal than it is. Because I'm assuming they know that Gabby's not, uh, hasn't gotten David on board, you know. Similar to how last week, you know, we knew that Dicko knew that there was a tension in camp. So, and I even love kind of like casual Dicko walking back. He almost like catches his breath before he reads out the votes, doesn't he? So, like, he's creating tension. So, props to Dicko. Dicko's great here at creating tension that's not there. Um, but can I just say, you talk about props to Dicko. Well, make that reverse for the editing. I don't know if you picked up on this. This is terrible, terrible editing right now. So obviously when they start going up to vote, they show one vote, which they show uh, Imogen voting for Gabby. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the only vote we see prior to Dicko reading them out. But it's a very distinctive vote. She writes Gab with three love hearts and then a, a and then a, a frown smot like face, you know, two eyes and a upside down smile. That's on the vote. Then they go to read the votes out. First vote they show is for, for Nick. Second vote for just Gab, G-A-B. Next vote for Gabrielle, written for Gabrielle. So you're like, okay. So it's a two-one vote. You know that the last one's going to be for Gab. Well, you know the last one's for Gab because they the one the one vote they showed prior is is hasn't been shown yet. Who? How do they get that wrong? So you already know. Well, okay. Well, it's the three-one vote, and then. Of course, third person voted out. Well, yeah, we already know that, Dicko, because the editing yep. hadn't shown the one. But how, like, how the it's hell did they make point. that stuffer? It's a That's great point. Te- that, yeah. There's been I don't know if they're rushing. We've we've mentioned a few times now with editing and and showing giving things away at tribal that shouldn't be. I mean, it would never happen today. Well, you'd hope never never happens today, but I mean, that's terrible. That's unforgivable. There, and there, there's another one this episode which I think is, is stupid in a moment too when we get to next week as well. But, no, you're right. Like, as much as we're talking this season up uh, more than anyone else ever have and uh, ever will because it's obviously, you know, a lot better than people give it credit for, you can't excuse some of this editing. I mean, some of this well, editing is just amateurish. Ben, I've seen every every episode of, of US and, and Australian Survivor and everyone knows that whatever votes they show in the, in to the audience, you know, obviously it's all edited afterwards. Obviously everyone shows their votes and says stuff, but whatever they choose to pick that they're, they're the first votes they show, Yeah, you know, like, so, you know, especially yeah. at the end, like, especially at the finale, when you, you know, you, they normally show three or four votes and you, they're, they're always the first one to, Oh, yep. You, you, you've already seen that one. You've already seen that one. And then all of a sudden, okay, these are the one, because obviously everyone's got different handwriting and put different things on it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This is to me that's unforgivable. No, I hundred percent agree with you. It, it, it's it's yeah. Again, we can't forgive some of the editing in this uh, season. Um, but yeah, as you said, Nick, Gab, 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 bye bye, Gab. Uh, I do love the line that Dicko gives here. All right, we have the dynamic duo versus the puppet master. <laughs> like, that's brilliant. Come on, how good is that? For that would then that's what would have made this. A, a great actual final three, yeah. yeah. I mean, the pup, the puppet master versus the dynamic duo, and it's probably the best way to describe the three oh, of them. You know, the, the 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 final, the two of the two girls, the dynamic duo, I think is fantastic. And of, and of course, David Oldfield really is the the original puppet master in Australian Survivor history. So, um, I want I feel like, yeah, yeah I feel, it's funny, you know, this episode we haven't really needed to talk much about well, David Oldfield because he. It's not this episode isn't really about that. It's kind of like last um, week. Like it's kind of he's a bit in the shadows a little bit, but yeah. he's done enough to kind of get. I mean, like admittedly, I think it's you know going back to my point, it's a, it's a brilliant move to keep them around, knowing that there's like um, you know more going. On. I mean, I talk up someone like Danny Boatwright as being a great player because she can kind of manipulate production and work her way around. You know, when a player can read production and a player can kind of read the show, 
that to me makes him an incredibly smart player. David Oldfield makes him an incredibly smart player because he's read the show. I mean, I, I, on paper, it's a simple thing. You're just reading the amount of days and the amount of people. It obviously makes sense. But no one else did. No one else that we know of worked that out. So David is thinking long game by keeping Imogen and Nicole around. And I bet you any money, David never sort of said anything to anyone else. He'd be the type of player. He wouldn't go and say, oh, no, guys, I think something's going on. You know, this doesn't add up. If if he would have been thinking that, which he obviously was, I I bet you any money he was just keeping that to himself. Now, a couple of things. Like, I think a a last few weeks sort of, uh, I mean, our recaps are getting shorter and shorter, but I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that we haven't had to eulogize anyone really because, you know, they're coming back. But before we eulogize Gab and talk a little bit more about her, uh, you've obviously probably got a final word there, which we can lump in a second. But I just want to quickly go on the the preview for next year. This is my other criticism of the editing. I don't want to see this twist. Like, just tell us there's a twist and be like, next week, the shock of the lifetime, and David's going to say something. What will the twist be, and how will it change the game? Tune in next week to Celebrity... Why do you need to reveal the twist? Like, yeah, that I is agree. a... Like, okay, you could argue, oh, who's going to come back in the game, but that takes away the, the, the surprise of the twist. Like, you know that two people are going to return to the game, so you know that there's a 50% chance it's going to be Elton, a 50% chance it's going to be Gab, it's going to be Guy, it's going to be Justin. I think, again, the editing is just so poor here end it with next week like channel 10 as much as i criticize them for overboard on the criticism for the the editing they at least know what to do when they're like what will happen on sunday to change the game like never before channel 10 7 30 australians like okay i'm buying it i like to kind of date this a little bit we're sort of recording this uh you know towards the end of the the 2020 olympics one thing that pisses me off is Channel 7's over, but I'm literally looking at my TV screen right now. They're advertising The Voice for about the 87th millionth time. I fucking can't stand The Voice. It annoys the shit out of me. But even some of their ads, I'm going, oh, I really hope she makes it through. I'm like, no, I don't care. I hate The Voice. But their advertising's working. That someone like me's even going, oh, bless her heart. She's had a hard life. So they're fucked up the editing here, Channel 7. I still like that you're in denial at the... Uh the Olympics was delayed by a year, still calling it the 2020 Olympics. Well, it's what they're officially calling it, Matt. It's still called Tokyo 2020 now. Come on. Uh, that's why on Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast now available via iTunes, we say Tokyo 2020 hash, uh, slash 2021. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how you feel about that before we talk about Gabs. Like, I mean, does that kind of annoy you a little bit, sort of the giving away the twist of next week? Oh, of course. Once again, it's terrible. You don't... I mean, this is the big twist of the season, which goes horribly wrong. And David Mason has admitted that. If you haven't listened to his episode, go back and listen to it. We talk about it in depth, but he explains it. Even he admits now that it was a, it was a mistake and that something basically happened in it that he wasn't expecting. But um, definitely worth a listen. But yeah, I mean, you don't. We'll talk about you, it more next week. The twist, because like, yeah, I think yeah, of course, yeah. Which I mean, next week. It, uh, Dead man walking aside, worst twist me in Australia. But again, we'll talk about that. But um. Yeah, Gabs. Uh, what, what your final her final words? I've only written here that she said it was the best experience and she loves girl power. That's all I wrote. <laughs> so you know I give the final words, Ben. Stop trying to take my job. But it's uh, yeah. five thousand dollars for Wayside Chapel Foundation. Actually, while I'm reading what she says, can you Google that and find out what that um, what that yes, is? Sir. I was meant to do that, but yeah. Uh, so final words was that she had the best experience with the girls and she wishes them all a luck. She'd love to see girl power go through and I'd love to see uh, one of the girls win but she'd also like to wish David good luck as well and she really enjoyed playing the game as Survivor so nice little words there obviously she look she'll never go down as the greatest Survivor player in all time you know she wasn't really there I guess 
for most of it to actually play the game of Survivor. But at the end of the day, she is a Survivor contestant. She she lasted, you know, nine episodes in a, in, a, in a what a twelve episodes. Is this twelve or thirteen episodes this season? Episodes, I keep forgetting. Twelve episodes. Same twelve episodes. So she's she did pretty well. She probably did better than she even expected. But um, yeah. So yeah. do we know what Wayside Chapel? Oh uh, yeah, I do. I've got it up. But just one thing I want to quickly add on what you're saying there. Isn't it interesting that so many final words? I think Amber's, Elton's, and now Gab's all revolve around wanting their specific gender to do well. So clearly this season drawn on gender lines early on, you know, they've all been like, I want one of the guys to win, I want one of the girls to win. So it's kind of, it's interesting mm-hmm. that they've kind of kept that. Uh, Wayside looks like it's a, um, a like they provide support for homeless people. Our mission is creating community with no us and them. We do this by breaking down the barriers of judgment, providing a safe place where people from all walks of life are welcome. So I'm seeing here on an average week, they provide 269 showers and toiletries, 1,046 low-cost meals, 322 changes of clothes and underwear, and 47 instances of care and coordination. Are they, are they still going? Obviously, this yeah, was no. in, what, well, 2006? Well, they've got to read Wayside Chapel's response to COVID-19 here. Uh, yeah, waysidechapel.org.au if people want to... Uh, Check that out. Um, yeah, Gabs is an interesting one. I'm seeing here on the Oz Networks ranking the Survivor cast, uh, which, again, is completely obsolete. I'm going to re-listen to this episode between Season 2 and Season 3 and just judge myself so much. And I really hope... May- maybe we can do this in the off-season. We can maybe have a few off-season episodes before we get to Season 3 because, obviously, Channel 10's a whole other kettle of fish when we get there. But I'm seeing here that Gab was ranked 68th out of then 76 contestants. I put her up. And the only other season two contestants below her was Amber at 70th, Fiona at 72nd, Kim at 73, and, of course, Ben Wynn dead last. Um, so there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel I'm a bit higher on Gab after this rewatch just because she's a lot more entertaining than I think. Like, I thought she was playing a decent game early on and maybe a bit underrated, but then it kind of, it, it fell down for me when she admits this episode that she wasn't playing. Like she's, this episode kind of destroyed a bit of gab for me because she's so higgledy piggledy and flip floppy to me that it kind of, it's hard to read on her. And while Justin sort of, again, is a similar one. Um, I don't know. I, like it's not to take away from gab. She had a moment. You remember her to a point She's, you know, probably bottom three, four most least memorable people from this season, but that's not to take away from her saying she's terrible. Um, yeah, she's just an interesting one. But as you said, she's a Survivor contestant. She played this game. She in, will go down in the history of Australian Survivor as one of, uh, you know, more than 100 players to play this game. She's one of only, what, two, three non-Australian players to ever play this game alongside... Um, Russell Hansen, sort of the golden god, although you can kind of classify him as from Western Australia originally, um, but he was, I know, listed as American. But, um, yeah, it's. I mean, look, she's she's a unique one. She's a, she's a unique contestant in Australian Survivor history, I'd say. Yeah, I think she was a great casting. I, I still think, no matter what, that they made the right call putting her on the show. I think they could have edited her differently, like just around that whole maybe not show as much as her. Like, yeah, show her whinging a bit that, oh, she's not sure if she's up for this and all that. But I think they probably went a bit overboard, making it look like she really didn't want to be there. And I don't know whether they did that because obviously then with the episode with the bombshell that she was only there to to help Justin Melvy. So maybe they had yeah. to, to, to do that a little bit more than they wanted to. But um, I still think she was a great casting. I think, Obviously, she seemed like a really cool, down-to-earth chick. You know, she um, obviously a, a beautiful-looking woman. You know, she still got out there and did 
did stuff. Okay, she seemed to be a bit lazy around camp, but um, you know, I, I think yeah, I think at the end of the day, she, you know, the fact that she's from the UK, she had the accent, uh, brings a bit of that international flavour into it. Um, I think she was a great casting. I, I would just say, and again, this is not to take away from her, um, but. If, if you had to, like, I know we talked at the very beginning about how the casting's pretty much spot on. We probably wouldn't change it. But, like, if you forced my hand and said, Ben, you've got to take one or two people off this and swap them with someone else, I, she'd probably be my main female I would take out, probably. Just, and, and again, that's not, like, I feel weird saying that, but I, just, I think it's based on this episode. This episode kind of pissed me off with Gab. So it's kind of, you know, that's why I'm saying that. But, um, yeah, anyway, and we will say now that um, obviously, you know, we've got a few weeks without interviews. We're still obviously waiting to try and get Elton on. But um, Gab, unfortunately, is kind of like Ben. Like, she's just, she's disappeared. We, we we can't find her. And this is, a lot of people don't know. I mean, there's literally an article here from 2018 uh, called Whatever Happened to Gabrielle Richens, The Pleasure Machine. Um, and it kind of goes into detail. Uh, and then literally at the end of the article, uh, it says... In the past eight years, Richens appears to have lived her life out of the limelight. With no social media to keep up to date, she has slipped into obscurity. Twitter says, do you know what Gabrielle Richens is doing now? Let us know in the comments. Um, and there's two comments to this article, uh, to which one person replies, so you just wrote a story to update us all on what she's up to, only you actually don't know. Great journalism there. Uh- <laughs> I mean, this is Mamamia or whatever that website is. So, I mean, you know, great journalism, Mamamia. Don't really is it, go is it, Isn't it Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia. Oh, is that Mamma Mia? Is that whatever? You know, clearly I'm a big fan. Um, but, yeah. Um, and the last, look, IMDb, she was in a movie called Buller Big Fat Gypsy Gangster in 2011. That's her last credit. She appeared in an episode of How I Met Your Mother in the same year as uh, Australian Survivor. She was in the Anna, Anna Nicole Smith story playing a playmate. Um... Yeah, so we don't know okay, what's so, happened to Gab. Uh, okay, Ben, if you had to predict what she's up to now, what what would you say? I think that she maybe just settled down and maybe just got to a point where, you know, she found someone and just lives a normal life and it's not about sort of keeping in the spotlight anymore. Um, you know, maybe she just had a time, she had a fun, and now she's found someone and... Maybe popped out a couple of kids, went to Vanuatu, listened to some Barry White, worked for Nicole and James. So I don't know. Like I, I honestly think she's maybe just kind of lived a living a normal life right now. Sometimes you get these celebrities who I guess at a point they're like, eh, well, that was fun, but now it's time to just live a normal life. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? No, I agree. I absolutely agree because now obviously with so much social media, you know, especially Instagram and that someone like her could, you know, definitely have a lot of followers on Instagram. Um, she was a, a household name, or I mean, a lot of people did know who she was back in the day. And but she's not, she, you know, she's not on any social media. We can't track her down. I mean, if the bloodhound can't track her down, no one can. So uh, either that, or my other scenario is, is her and Ben Winner off in in a Vanuatu oh. jung, jungle, um, wow. basically, basically like the blue. Oh, what's the what's the? Uh, oh, I've gone blank. The Blue Lagoon. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Like her well, and I mean, Ben Wynn. Matt, rumors are, rumors are circulating that there could be a blood versus water Australian Survivor season around the corner. So I'm telling you now, let's let's do it. Let's bring back Gabby and Ben, husband and wife. Ben might have found some personality over the years, so uh, could be a 
pretty exciting there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 intriguing. Like we we talk about the mystery of Ben Wynn, but I, I mean, the mystery of Gabrielle Richards. I mean, this this is a legitimate celebrity. Uh, you know, it's kind of you know Ben Wynn was just somebody, whereas she was somebody more. But uh, before we sort of close out, I will say I'm just looking through the Aussie Survivor sucks for him again. It's a very long one. I don't have any David Mason notes this week, but yeah, I'm not going through all this racism debate back and forth. I do love this post here though from Survivor Reviver. Uh, says, we all knew that TMA carries a bit of a torch for Lisa. After seeing that bathing cap, we know why. I don't know what TMA is. Uh, no idea what that is. Um, I was amazed how much Dicko was going on about what a true gentleman David was for chopping himself and sending Nicole on the reward. I have no doubt that that decision was at least 50% strategic and probably much more. Nothing too gentlemanly in making a choice that is in your best strategic interest, but the fault is with the producers. They shouldn't have let people cut their own ropes. Everyone here is complaining about people cutting their own. I don't have a problem with that. Like, that's fine. Um, was yeah, it, the- sorry, was it T and A? Like, not... Not- no, T, like T for Tom, M for Matt, and A for Australian Survivor Archives. So yeah. T, two, T, I don't know. Uh, confessionals this episode. Matt, who do you think got the most this week? Uh, let's go. Let's go Imogen. Incorrect. Uh, she got the second most. Nicole got nine this week. Two weeks in a row with Nicole getting nine. There you go. Eight to Imogen, six to Gab, and only five to David. Yeah, so- David did have a quiet episode. He did, but uh, next week, of course, we're going to have two more people to talk. So, um, yeah, I'm, next week's going to be interesting, Matt. It's going to be interesting. I'm just happy that we get to see Elton again. Oh, exactly. We don't get to see much of him, but uh, we get to see him again. He's got steak sauce all over his face. He's wearing a bloody bib with, you know, steak juice all over it. Um, We always appreciate your support, as always. Follow us on all the social media channels. Hit us up, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe, all our relevant channels on all the podcast servers. Of course, we've got the 20th anniversary of Season 1 coming your way as well. If you wish to donate to our GoFundMe page for that one, you still can. Shoot us a message and we can tell you how to do that. But uh, three more episodes to go, Matt. And I tell you what, next week should be our last episode before we get back into interviews because it's been a while. I'm, I'm missing talking to other people. So uh, we've got some juicy, juicy interviews coming your way very, very soon. And uh, as much as next week has got a terrible twist and we're going to talk about that, it's a sad one because we lose certain somebody who we love, even though it does mean we get to talk to them a week later. So there's swings and roundabouts there with the positivity and the negativity. I hope we're going to get some interviews soon because I'm bloody sure as hell sick of this talking to you, Ben Waterworth. Yeah, me, I was going to say the same. I'm staring at your fucking face every week. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, this is this is not why I signed up for this. I still laugh. I'm just picturing it. Sorry, I'm just picturing it. You coming out like I've just done forty odd days in there, and a loved one, and it's you, and it's you seeing, seeing your mug trot out, and I'm oh, wow. I'd, uh, About I twenty know. minutes ago, you wanted to root me in that bed. Now you're back to hating me. <laughs> Jesus, I, I know how I know how it is. Fine. Well, in that case, um, let's hear a bit of uh, the bum dance song. I don't even know what it's called. Sarah Marie did a fucking bum dance song, whatever year that was. So we're going to close out on that. Uh, until next week, my name is Ben, and get to the chopper! My name is Swimmy Swammy Swammy Scrumpy. <laughs> my name's Matt, and we'll see you next week. I think you should try and play to win. I so think I, I might do that now. Things have changed around a little bit, and I'm still here, so... I probably feel a little bit more like now I should really play this to win it, which I haven't been really. I've just been playing it to survive it. There's still definitely an alliance between myself and Nick and I think it would be great to have three girls in the final three and, um, you know, made the best girl win. 
haven't been out with Gavin Imogen uh, fruit gathering before. They they they're very helpful and they carry a heavy load. They just walk a little slow for my liking, so it took a lot longer. But uh, yeah, better slow and get it done than not get it done at all. Oh, and my God, it's a banana. Imogen Bailey, Gabrielle Richard, <laughs> and Seth David. Meet the Tam Tam tribe. Nicole Tam Tam. She's <laughs> their little pocket rocket, pint-sized at the end, but a powerhouse. Imogen Tam Tam. I think she needs to look at her split ends a bit. Now, this next fella, rugged good looks, strong jaw, and a Daisy Duke crop top can only mean one thing, David Tam Tam. And finally, matting those eyelashes. More than ample boob tube, it's got to be Gabrielle. The Tam Tam tribe. Knock over the Tam Tam tribe member, and that survivor is gone, 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 gone. Is it me, or can anyone else hear a helicopter? Recognise this person? Nick? You might want to go and say hello. It's Nicole's husband, James. Guys, it's a beautiful moment, but I'm afraid you're going to have to go back to the chopper. Get to the chopper! Nick, he's great and he's worth winning, eh? Off you go. Gabby, you might be interested in having a night out with this girl. Your best friend, Jane. OK, there's time to catch up later if you win reward. You're going to have to go back to the helicopter. Get to the chopper! I'm afraid, Jane. Off you go. OK, Imogen. It's Imogen's best friend, Sarah Marie. OK, OK, good on And finally, David, Lisa Oldfield, also known as Swimmy. Swim, Swimmy. Slippy, Slappy, Simon, Salmon, Simon, Swanson, Swanson, Swanson? Samsonite. I was way off. Oh, you The question on Australia's lips, how on earth did he pull something as gorgeous as that? <laughs> David's knocked himself out of the game. He'll be missing out on a night with his wife. Reward is won. He's done the honourable thing. He's giving you a night away with your hubby. David Oldfield, let me shake your hand. You're a top fella. Thanks to go. That was like our uh, wedding anniversary. How perfect could it possibly be? We have proven to ourselves that we can do it ourselves and that we actually don't need any men here. What David did yesterday was just amazing. And of course, you know, I feel totally indebted to him. So I'm gonna find it really tough to vote David off. So, you know, in a way, I hope he wins immunity. David, you are so gorgeous. I don't wanna vote against you. Right, does that mean you won't? That was the stubbornest French. Fortunately, I was more stubborn. Survivors, welcome. The fearless foursome back for immunity. Well, guys, this is getting very, very interesting. The dynamic duo versus the puppet master. I thought all three of you, despite this being an individual game now, showed an enormous amount of compassion, giving that up to Nick, so I think Australia salutes you.